Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the reading of God's word. And thank you, Paul, for reading the passage for us. Let me, uh, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you again for your amazing grace. We thank you for your word and the privilege we have to be able to read your word, to be able to hear your word preached. And we pray today that as we look at this passage, as we think about this passage, that you would remind us of who we are, that are our need for grace, but also the call that we have, the command that we've been given, that we will see you, and just see how amazing you are again. And we pray that today we would just be blessed by your word, but also encouraged, convicted by your word, moved by your word. And we pray that we would truly be blessed and that we will respond with faith and with worship, praise unto you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're in Matthew 28. I know uh, we've been going through different committees and, you know, we had, you know we talked about mercy last week and we had fellowship and welcoming and today it's missions committee. And so obviously the, the sermon should be about missions. And so I was thinking through, you know, what different passages to talk about. At first I didn't want to preach from Matthew 28 because I thought it's such a common passage. People have heard it, I'm sure, many times. But then I thought to myself, well, there's a reason why it's common. There's a reason why it's often repeated, why it's often memorized. And so I said, okay, well, why don't we actually delve a little bit into this passage? And it's called the Great Commission. If you have a Bible, I'm sure the title of it probably says Great Commission. And it's interesting where in the book of Matthew, 28 chapters, we see in chapter 28, right after you know, the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, we see the resurrection, and you would think maybe it would end with the ascension, right? We would end with Jesus the returning uh, to heaven, but instead, Matthew 28 ends with this commission, the great commission where Jesus is giving a command to make disciples of all nations. And we see in this passage, just again, a reminder of how great our Lord is, but also a reminder that we, if we are children of God, that we are the people of God, that we are given a commission, we are given a call, really we are given a command to share about Christ and to make disciples, not just in one place, but in all the nations. And so as we think about this passage and the connection it has to missions and why missions is important, I hope uh, we would just think about this passage, we'd be blessed by this passage, and we will be challenged to live a life that truly honors the Lord. So I have three points, as usual, and it's all C's, right? The claim, the command, and the comfort. The claim, the command, and the comfort of Christ. So it's the Great Commission and the claim, the command, and the comfort. And it's kind of, it's pretty obvious in the passage here. If you look at verse 18, Jesus starts by saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's how it starts. All 
authority. Not some authority, not you know, a lot of authority, not a little bit of authority. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, think about the importance of that. If you actually look at verses 16 and 17, it actually is interesting. It says the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And then in verse 17, it's interesting. It says, when they saw him, they worshipped him, okay, which is good. But then it says, but some doubted. So here, even after the resurrection, even after the resurrection, even as they are worshiping him, some, obviously means more than one, some doubted. And, and as Jesus is about to call his disciples to go out into the world to proclaim Christ, and we know as we read the book of Acts, as we read the epistles, we know that meant a lot of persecution. It meant people rejecting them at times. It would mean suffering. But if you look at church history, his disciples, many of them, did not have easy lives. They had very difficult lives. And many of them died for the sake of Christ. And so as he's making this call, a very challenging call, a challenging command to go out into the world to proclaim the good news, to make disciples, he's, before he even says anything else, he says, all Authority. He's a reminder of who he is. I am all-powerful God, right? Second person of the Trinity. He died. He rose again. He has been given all authority. There's nothing beyond his power. It's an awesome thing. I remember my first mission trip that I led in, as, a, as a pastor. Actually, I wasn't even a pastor yet. I was in seminary, and I led a team to uh, the Dominican Republic, and we went I remember we went to the airport, and it was so difficult. Yeah, we didn't even have anything that was bad or not allowed, but the, the people that were working there in the airport gave us such a hard time. They made us take all of our bags and you know, go into another room and open everything up. And it was just, we were there for such a long time. And I remember one of the people that I was with was saying, I think they're looking for a bribe. But I was very against doing that, and so we said no bribes. Right? We just kind of just suffered through it. And, you know, but after a long period of time, they let us go. Was, we had not done anything wrong. So the following year, we returned to the same mission field, and we said, well, we can't have that. So what we ended up doing is we went to the consulate in New York to, for the Dominican Republic. We explained to them what we were doing, and we got a letter from them, an official document, and it pretty much said that we were going there for a good reason, and this is what we're bringing, and pretty much leave us alone, right? Let us go. And because we had that letter, second year, I remember we went there and zero problems. Nobody gave us a hard time. We just presented the letter, official document from the consulate, and we just went right through it. I remember thinking, you know, that's, that's important. It's important to have the right representation. And if you don't have any authority, to have someone else's authority is at times very important. When we are called to go into the world. When these disciples were called, and obviously we now are also called, Jesus is not saying, just go out there. You have no authority. You have no power. Do the best you can. He's saying, you're going with my authority. And that's an awesome thing. These disciples were being sent out, but he's saying, he's reminding them, you have my name. You have my authority. You have me with you. Hence, 
When you go out there, you don't have to fear. You don't have to be scared. But also, here's what we know. Jesus has authority over people's hearts, their lives. And so when the disciples go out there and proclaim the gospel, try to make disciples, they also know Christ has sent his Holy Spirit into the world, and he can change hearts. He can change lives. And so they go out there full confidence, knowing they have the authority of Christ with them. And for us, when we do his work, when we serve God, if we're evangelizing, right, if we're doing mercy ministry, if we're going to the mission field and proclaiming his name, and we're trying to make disciples, and we're trying to do, be obedient to God's call, we do it knowing, not on my strength, not on my power, not on my authority, no, on Christ's authority. It's an awesome thing. But then he goes right into the command, right? You have the, the claim, then you have the command. And what is the command? Verse 19, very famous verse. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest, when I was a kid growing up, I memorized this passage probably many times, and I thought the command was to go. I thought Jesus was saying, go. And, you know, and then as I got older, I realized I was wrong. The command is not to go. The command in verse 19 is to make disciples. The imperative, if you look at the Greek, the imperative is to make disciples. And the imperative it has three particles around it. It's going, baptizing, and teaching. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying the command, the imperative that I am giving you is to make disciples. That's your calling. That's your command. That's your mission. That's your commission, right? That's what you're called to do. Well, how do you do that? And Jesus is saying by going, by baptizing, and by teaching them to observe or obey everything that I have commanded you. So then, for us, as we read this passage, it's a great reminder. What is my call? What is my mission? What is the command that Christ has not just given these disciples, but given to me, given to you, given to all of his people, all of his disciples, really, is to make disciples. Which then, okay, well, what is a disciple? Disciples are people who believe what Jesus believes. They live what the teacher has taught them to live. A disciple is someone who trusts in Christ. A disciple is someone who believes what Jesus teaches. A disciple is someone who lives the way Jesus has called them to live. But here's the thing. We can't produce that. I can't make somebody literally a disciple. It's an impossible command if you think about it. I can pour into somebody. I can love them. I can teach them. I can pray with them. I can pray for them. I can model for them. I can do everything I want. However, I cannot make a disciple of my own strength. That's a Jesus thing. Actually, it's a Holy Spirit thing. What am I called to do? I'm called to do the things of God, to plant, to water, to sow, so that Jesus would use that, the Holy Spirit would use that to make disciples. Right? It's kind of like parenting. And then when I was a kid, I thought to myself, if someone's a good parent, they have good kids. It's not true. You could be a wonderful parent, 
and your kids might not turn out the way you thought they should. Or on the flip side, you could probably have not have had great parents, and you could also, God can help you to grow up to be a very wonderful man or woman of God. Parenting, however, is obviously very important. As a parent, any of us who are parents here, we're called to nurture, to love, right, to guide, to teach, to do all these things of God, and then we trust that God will use those things so that my child will become a wonderful, mature, loving man, woman of God. And what are we called to do? We are called to make disciples. We share the gospel, and we help people become true disciples. But if you look at the passage, it says, make disciples where of all nations. And that word nations, we think is countries. But if you look at it in the Greek, it's really talking about people groups, ethnic groups, cultural groups. And so the idea is, Every people group in the world, he's saying, I am going to send you to. So what does that mean for you and me? It means maybe my calling in my life is to minister to the people right around me in my own community. It might also mean it might be somewhere, right, in a different part of this country. It might mean somewhere, like Paul and Susan, when they went out to Cambodia, somewhere very far away. But here's what we know. What we know is the command to make disciples is for everybody. It's really a matter of how, who, where. Right? All of us are commanded to make disciples, and we have to be a part of that. If I can't physically go to all to different peoples, the question I have to ask myself is, well, how can I be a part of that? Maybe I'm a part of that by going on a short-term mission trip. Right, to understand more of what God is doing out there. Maybe it's a call to be a long-term, lifetime missionary, kind of like Paul and Susan. Or maybe my calling really, you know, in many ways, is also to pray for them, right? for the missionaries, for the unreached peoples in the world. Maybe my calling is through financial contributions. Maybe my calling is to read more about it, to read books, take classes, to learn more about it so I could pray more effectively and really ask the Lord, am I being sent out there? But the point of it is this, we want to be involved. Missions should not be, hey, Zay is in charge of the missions committee. I think here's a few people out there. Good luck. Have fun, right? Missions is important. Y'all do it. Or, hey, we have a couple missionaries that we sent out there. It's all about you guys. You know, we'll pray for you. No. He's saying you make disciples of all nations. That's something that all of us are called to be involved in. And then he says, baptizing, going, teaching. Meaning, going, we're called to go wherever God sends us. Actually, I had a friend in seminary, and we were watching, I think it's called The Mission. He took a movie about missionaries, and he watched it, and he looked at me, and he said, James, I don't want to do that with my life. And so I laughed at him. I said, I don't think you're, I don't know if you're called to do that, but I said to him, but if you're called to do that, I think, I'm pretty sure, God's going to convict your heart as well. And the thing is, we, we got to go somewhere. We're called to go. Maybe it's right here in our own church. And maybe you're a Bible study teacher, right, for Dayspring or, or, or Branch, and you're making disciples in that way. Or maybe we do, you know, I know Pastor Francis wants to do life groups. And that's a great idea. The teach, you know, maybe we're called to make disciples by really just 
working with the people in our own church and trying to minister to them. But we've got to go somewhere. Maybe it's to other parts of the world, other people groups, other countries that we've never gone to before to really share the gospel. So we go, we baptize. And that's important. People think missions and evangelism is all about, hey, we go, we talk about Jesus, I hope you trust Jesus, bye, and we leave. Mission work is really about helping people know Christ. Baptism implies a couple of things. One is a loyalty change, right? Baptism means I have now professed Christ, I trust in Christ, and baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit means I, as an adult, am committing my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life to Christ. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. So baptism is a loyalty change, but it's in the context of what? A community of a church. So missions really is church planting too. And so the idea is you go and you help people understand who Jesus is so that they trust in Christ and become part of a Christian community, and then you teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Meaning, not just I teach by giving you information, I teach so that you would give your life to Christ and live for Jesus. And part of that is right here in our own community, in our own church. We want people to come to Christ, to be baptized, to trust in Jesus, and to be discipled, to grow, and to observe all that Christ has commanded them. But we're also called to make that happen all over the world to all the nations, to all the people groups. And so the command, it's a huge command. The question for me, for you, for our church is, how are we doing that? How are we doing that here as we make disciples, but also how are we doing that out there all over the world? Are we supporting missionaries? Are we are we raising funds for them? Are we praying for them? Are we learning about what's going on out there so we could pray more effectively? We could give more effectively? Are we thinking about how we can go, even if it's only for a few weeks or a month at a time, so we could be a part of that? I think those are all questions we have to ask and ask the Lord, how can I be a part of this great commission of your mission work? And so we have the command, well, we have first the claim, the authority of Christ. We have the command to go make disciples. But then we have the comfort. I love how it's like a sandwich, right? We have the command in the middle, but we have the sandwich of his authority and his comfort just kind of, just kind of sandwiching it because Jesus knows it's a, it's a big command. First he said, okay, that's, this is the authority that I have. Now he's saying, when you do this, you're not doing it on your own, says in verse 20, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He said, I'm not going to send you there by yourself. You're not like, you know, lambs going out to, you know, to try to get wolves to the slaughter. No. He said, wherever I send you, I am with you. That is awesome. If you look at the Old Testament, we see this. God will give a commission to somebody. And then he says, I am with you. Exodus 3, he says to Moses, right? He's commissioning Moses to, you know, to be his instrument as he, you know, the whole Exodus happens and he brings his people out of Egypt. He says to Moses, I will be with you 
and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. And then he continues. He says what? I will be with you. A little bit later, book of Joshua. Now he's commissioning Joshua. Moses, right? He has died. Joshua is the new leader. right? I'm sure there's a lot of fear there, a lot of anxiety. And what does God say to Joshua? No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then, I'll just give one more example, book of Judges. Famous example, Gideon. Right? God has called him to lead the Israelites against the Midianites. And what does he say? Judges chapter 6. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Moses, Joshua, Gideon, famous people in the Old Testament. What do we see the theme here? As God commissions, as God commands, as he sends them out on mission, difficult missions, all of them, what does God say? You're not just going out there on your own. I'm with you. I will be with you. I will not forsake you. And what do we see now? Chapter 28. He's telling his disciples, look, you're going to go out there. You're going to make disciples. And they're going to find out soon enough there's going to be persecution. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be death. There's going to be a lot of difficulties. It's not going to be an easy life. And during those times, they remember that his authority is with them, but also he's saying, I am with you always to the end of the age. How empowering is that? How empowering is that? You know, as a kid, you get scared. What do you do? You look for mommy. You look for dad. I remember my daughter when she was around two years old. You know, she was pretty good at sleeping by herself. But every time she got sick, she would cry. And then she would refuse to sleep by herself. She had to sleep with either mommy or with daddy. And so a lot of nights, I just told her, let's sleep together. So I would just take her. I just kind of put her on my chest. And I would just kind of sleep with her like this. And she would just, you know, obviously be sick. And she would just sleep on me. And that was the only way she could fall asleep. Because when she was sick, she felt like, I need mommy or daddy to hold me. Right? You need that reassurance. You need that comfort. When we do ministry, when we go out there, if God calls us, wherever he sends us to, and we're doing in the name of Christ, we're sharing the gospel, we're ministering to people, we're proclaiming Christ, we're, we're maybe baptizing, we're teaching, right? We're loving, we're serving, we're washing feet, we're feeding, whatever it is that we're doing. What Jesus promises is that you're not out there on your own. I am with you. I sent you my Holy Spirit. You'll be empowered. You'll be strengthened. You'll be comforted. You'll be loved. And you will know no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you're not on your own, for I am with you. You know, I think about Jesus, his mission, if you think about it, heaven to earth. He came into the world. He became a man. He suffered. He died on the cross. He was forsaken. He died the death that we deserve. He was buried. And obviously, he rose again. And when we think about the mission of Christ, what he did for us, for his people, that we could be forgiven and we can be saved. How can I not say, Jesus, 
as I think about what you have done for me, for us, for your people. And now you want me to go out and proclaim you and make disciples so more people can be part of this family and know you. How can I say no to that command? So as we look at Christ and his mission and what he did, what he continues to do for us, I pray, I hope, and I trust that we, as we look to Christ, will say, Lord, as you think about this command, this commission, I want to say yes and amen and say, how can I be used by you for your glory? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your good. We think about the Great Commission, and it sounds very lofty. But it is truly a commission given to every single believer. And Father, we pray that our desire would be to be a part of this commission, this mission, this mission of God. And we would ask, not if, but how can we be used by you to be a part of your great commission, whether it's by going, by sending, by supporting, by praying, by learning, we pray that as a church, we'll be excited for what you're doing all over the world. And we would ask you, Lord, how can we continue to grow as disciples? And how can we be part of making disciples of all nations? We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.